0: The biggest experience of my life so far was when I was 19 years old and I was hiking Yosemite National Park in California. I had a traumatic experience with my dad and brother where I fell down the mountainside. I rolled about 40 feet down an 80 degree slope and did a couple of flips over a 15 foot cliff and broke my body. I spent the night on the mountain. I freaked my family out. I got helicopter rescued in the morning. And that has been the most formative experience of my life. As my dad was running down the mountain to get the search and rescue team, I laid there realizing that I should have died, that I nearly did die. And meditating on what that felt like, I was reconnected with an incredible oneness that gave me love and strength that I choose to call God. And I made vows to God that night that I would live with much more purpose and intentionality, that I would be mindful of my natural gifts and align my actions with service that could bring people together to help them communicate better with one another, to communicate better with themselves and bring greater opportunity, their own lives and the lives around them by aligning with their truest self. I'm extremely grateful for my second chance at life That night I decided that the best way to understand how I could best live out my new truth, my new promise, was to immerse myself in cultures that pushed me towards introspection and growth and propelled me towards my truest and best self. I had overcome the fear of dying, and now it was time to live. Today's episode is a unique one in which I am the guest. Figured it was time to get listeners to know their hosts a little bit better. I've been hearing a lot of intrigue related to episode zero in which I briefly introduced myself. And So if you're wanting to hear more about my purpose, what I'm doing with my life, experiences that have shaped me, this is your episode. I asked my good friend Austin Shower to interview me and to my surprise he said yes. I chose Austin because I think he's hilarious and smart and incredibly charismatic, he's very good at hosting conversations in real life, he has a unique combination of being seriously minded, but also adding this light-hearted touch all the time that makes you feel really supported and cared for in the conversation, but also he does a lot to dig deeper and find out a little bit more than you first offer, and I think that that challenge is is what uh, drew out a lot of the good answers in today's episode. I thought it would also help that Austin and I share many things in our common backgrounds. Also, so Austin and I both grew up in Topeka, Kansas. We were actually born in the same hospital, um, which we found out in the episode. And I first met him when we did rock band camp together in summer after sixth grade. I was intimidated by him because he had this long hair. He was just with this crew of of guys that, that knew how to just shred the guitar. And... I was this short, athletic boy who wore Nike shorts and he was wearing jeans and all black and had like hair down to the middle of his chest or whatever. Anyways, Austin and I created a good friendship afterwards that by the time high school happened, we were actually becoming fairly good friends. We did policy debate together in high school and the thing I've shared before that that activity really shaped me a lot. And then we went our separate directions for college I went off to McAllister in Minnesota and he stayed in Kansas and went to the University of Kansas. We saw each other over breaks and then he eventually made his way over to Oregon where he got a master's degree in English and I went a little while without hearing from him but while I was in Thailand I received a message from him saying that him and his girlfriend were looking for a way to teach in Thailand and were asking how they could do so and I having having made it there myself and currently was teaching there Lay out exactly what I had done to make it there and he followed the blueprint step by step and made it himself to Thailand I was actually able to say hello to him at his orientation as I was exiting the country that was a really cool experience um, and we do touch on that in the episode but this episode was really special for me and it was quite a treat because it was the first time we'd sat down in Topeka in maybe two, two and a half years and we're just at my kitchen table and we're we're having a good conversation about all the sort of things that we shared in Thailand it, it was really cool to share our opinions on our life in Thailand and and for the first time be able to hear about kind of what what he's doing with his life now that he's had that experience and I learned that he writes comedy sketches and is now moving to LA soon to live out his dream so I think Austin probably does a better job of me uh, at hosting a podcast I definitely have some things to learn from him. So hopefully you're not sad that I'll be back to podcasting in the future. But for the purposes of this episode, I'm so grateful to Austin for putting in so much time and energy into making this recording so great. He actually listened to every previous episode and created like a really long like Word document with like format and questions. And I think just does a really good job at, at hosting it. Yeah, I think everyone should be extremely thankful for the hard work he put in because I think today's episode turned out really nicely and I hope you're going to get something out of it. So please enjoy this interview with your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley, myself, and episode host, Austin Shower.
1: Hey, Tanner, how's it going? Hey, it's great. How are you, Austin? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Um, For those of you who don't know who this is, this is Austin Shower. I am one of Tanner's oldest friends, acquaintances from way back when, and he invited me onto the podcast today to interview him so we can get to know Tanner, the man behind People of Purpose, a little better, see where he's coming from, know what he's all about, and all that good stuff. How's that sound, Tanner?
0: Sounds good, yeah. Cool. Thank you for coming. Yeah, no problem. So, um...
1: Let's see. We've talked about, a little bit right before this podcast, we talked about just some things we want to cover today. So I've got three things that we can um, go over. I call them the three T's, the TTT's. We have Topeka. We're both from Topeka. Thailand. We both taught in Thailand. And then teaching. Maybe that can frame our conversation for today. And then whatever tangents um, come from that, we can follow and just have some fun. Make it casual. I don't really... I don't have any grand aspirations for the conversation other than what we want to talk about. How's does that sound?
0: That sounds great. Yeah. I appreciate you putting in so much effort to be able to make this project the best it can. It's a lot of dedication to ask of you. <laughs> no, no worries, dude. You did more preparation than I've ever done for the interview. <laughs> well, I don't have
1: to edit the whole thing, so <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. That's you true, know? Yeah. Um, cool. So we're both from Topeka. Were you born in Topeka? I
0: was, yeah. Where were you born? St. Francis? St. Francis. Oh, yeah, me too. High
1: five. Nice. We were born <laughs> yeah, in the same place. Man. Yeah. When's cool. your birthday?
0: October 9th, 1991.
1: Okay, so I'm April 13th, so six, I'm six months older than you. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you're I mean, always
0: it's... one grade above me. <laughs> yeah, that's true,
1: yeah. I was a baby for my grade, and you would have been like old man for yours. But um, <laughs> so w- w- did you live your You lived your whole life in Topeka?
0: I did. I was mean, no, 18. Like yeah, I mean. same
1: here. So we were born and raised. Probably the same uh, influences, right? You know, went to the same high school. Did you go to Jay Shidler or Indian Hills?
0: I went to Wanamaker until third grade, then I changed to Indian Hills, Okay. and then Washman Rule mi- Middle School and Washburn Rule High School.
1: Cool. So we went to the same middle school, high school.
0: Yeah. Six, I think I first met you at a, was it rock band camp in like sixth grade? It absolutely was. I'm was so glad you brought that up,
1: because that was one of the other things we have in common. We were in a rock band camp, and Tanner and I played in the same band. Was I'm, it Goatbread? Was yeah. that the name of the band? We played, uh, <laughs> we played uh, Danzig's Mother. And then Cochise by... Uh... Black Sabbath. No, not Black Sabbath. Uh... Uh, it's the... Audio Slave. Audio Slave, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's nice. right. yes. Yeah, that was so good. You had, a, you had like a red...
0: Yeah, my super cheap Strap. eBay guitar that <laughs> has sparkly red on it and like some star stickers. <laughs> I was with all these like long-haired like rockers that like wear all black. And... yeah. I, just, I was wearing my Nike athletic shorts. Yeah, my-
1: yeah, you were cool. You didn't care. You were rock and roll, bud. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time we met, I think.
0: Yeah. I was really intimidated to meet your whole crew. You guys are, like, really good at music.
1: Yeah, we were, we were rocker boys into metal. and I, I don't know <laughs> if any of us listen to metal anymore, you know, any of that. Yeah. But it was fun. Um, and then we – then we did, what was the next time we interacted? I just always knew who you were. I think we had an algebra class together.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Mrs.
1: Craig. Then I knew from Debate. And then we yeah. all hung out as a, a whole crew, you know?
0: Definitely, like, when I started dating Emily, you and I right. hung out a lot more. Yeah, we
1: hung out a lot more. And then when you were at McAllister in college, I would come up and visit you guys, you know? Yeah, that's was cool. <laughs> and then we had – who's that guy? Ben? Remember Ben Conlon? Uh-huh. Conlon? Conlon? Yeah, Ben oh, Conlon. No. Conlon, yeah. And then I see him at the uh... – <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: I should tell that real quick. Yeah, yeah so. I, so I surprised Austin, uh, like – I. So Austin and Ben, both like good friends of mine from different places, uh, came to Thailand <laughs> uh, and were at the same orientation. Didn't know one another really at yeah. all. <laughs>
1: well, I had met him before, but I didn't remember it because I was like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from St. Paul, blah, blah, All right, from somewhere, but I was at school in St. Paul. And I was like, oh, I have a bunch of friends who went there. Where'd you go? McAllister. I was like, oh. Yeah, I know. Do you know all these You know Tanner Badge? Of course I know Tanner Badge. And then, like, the next day I show up <laughs> and I hadn't told you that I was no, coming. Oh, no. I was like, I what? Only
0: talked to Ben about
1: me. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, this is so strange. And we were at the uh, at the Royal River Hotel or something yeah, in Bangkok. That was fancy. It was a nice place, except for the Wi Fi. Everyone had to, like, crowd in that lobby to get, mm-hmm. but, I mean, we'll talk about that.
0: Wi Fi problems are right, common. Right, right.
1: Okay, so. Um, we, were, we came from the same place we did the same stuff and then that continued so after you graduated you were just working in St. Paul or something Minneapolis
0: I spent a year yeah, in Minneapolis working for a digital marketing company called YP YP
1: what were you doing
0: Like I was mostly selling advertising and like marketing plans for local businesses to be able to drive traffic to their business was
1: it SEO stuff like search engine it was okay.
0: like that plus like yellowpages.com plus like yelp and stuff like that Uh, it was was okay it was not that fulfilling it gave me a lot of good skills i was talking to people that own like multi-million dollar companies yeah that's kind of cool that was kind of cool to do at 23 but for money also like they just don't really trust you because you're 23 and have like no real world experience a little twerp like (laughs) like telling a 30 year old like I don't know, a business owner that's had their business for 25 years, how to how to run their business. Yeah, yeah that's true. You could, you could teach them a thing or two. I got know. a lot of no's, but a lot of people said, like, you're going places in the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's
1: in like, the marketing world. Yeah. That's, like, that's cool. I'm rooting for you, but
0: not in this case.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, sorry. I'm going to ruin your day, buddy. Um, so then you you got an itch to go teach abroad.
0: I had it before that, actually. I had it fall semester of my senior year. Okay. Um, I was actually in a pretty, like, significant relationship with a girl that was in Spain that year. She was okay, a- yeah, I remember
1: I met her. Yeah, Anna.
0: yeah. So, so she was a grade below me and was doing her study abroad semester, and I was just like... Man, I loved my study abroad semester. I was in Morocco the year before. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. I was right. like, I think that's what I want to do after I finish college: is go abroad again, like immerse myself in a new culture, and right. Develop a skill that I do really enjoy. See who you are without all the cultural baggage of uh, what you were born into. Sure, yeah, like. exactly. i i yeah, since I was eighteen, I've loved doing that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was thinking about it then, and and then. She comes back, and I'm just like, wow, I'm in love, and I'm going to make this relationship (laughs) priority number one, and I was like, I'm going to stick around for a senior year, and so I got this position in Minnesota for the year, and Uh I mean, the first week I had the job, she broke up with me. that was sick. you were were in a downward spiral. I was in a pretty bad spot. (laughs) I lost my grandma. She died. I I... I got this job that I quickly realized wasn't really for me. I moved in with a Craigslist roommate I had never met before. Was were they a creep? No, he was actually great. Oh, nice. Uh, just, like, a lot of anxiety type of things I was yeah. going through at that time. And then Minnesota winters like, always a different oh, yeah. I like that. I like the Up cold and around. the bleakness. Uh, know. <laughs> yeah. You're outside for five minutes and just shaking, <laughs> like, miserably. Yeah, your car didn't have a heater that year, so that was oh. great. <laughs> you,
1: can't, you can't do that in Minnesota. You'll oh,
0: die. I was <laughs> just hanging out in a scarf and a hat and gloves and a coat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: funny. So, so I mean, I guess there's always that. that anxiety after you graduate. You're like, what? What am I going to do next? Because, like, up until that point, everything's been planned out, right? Yeah, that was a hard time
0: for me, for sure. Yeah, sure.
1: And you have to figure out where you're going to go next. So she picks up with you. And then what made you want to go to Thailand, specifically?
0: So Thailand just seemed like such a combination of things that I was interested in. Uh, I wanted to definitely go to an Eastern country. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be a part of a philosophy, a mindset, a daily, like, living routine that was just really different than where I came from that had a lot of, like, elements of, Meditation and like, um, just a, a chillness or a relaxedness that I thought like I I would really thrive in. I feel mm. like my pace tends to be slower, more mindful, more. Uh, I like to think and mm-hmm. like, yeah. know, stuff like that. And Thailand was a beautiful country that had a lot of those elements. Um, I wanted to learn a lot more about uh, Buddhism.
1: Yeah,
0: I thought that was fascinating. Going to Morocco and learning a lot about Islam. I lived right. with a Muslim host family, so I wanted to experience a new I guess spiritual mindset yeah, and yeah, yeah. Buddhism seemed like something I could really like get into. That's really cool. Yeah. I've been going to yoga a lot and been meditating a lot just mm-hmm. in Minnesota and I wanted to dive in a lot more. Namaste. Yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so. um, yeah and so and then also uh, I knew that Thai massage was really cheap <laughs> that was your, you know, that <laughs> I wanted to basically just like treat myself really well like my body had been wrecked from this accident I had a oh, Yosemite right, I was right. spending so much money on healthcare and, and I didn't even exercise. know about that
1: I, I mean I vaguely remember the Yosemite <laughs> accident I remember when you had the concussion in Minnesota I remember mm-hmm. people talking about, but I don't remember the accident in Yosemite did you keep it like under wraps or was I tried
0: happened? to yeah it was like something I felt self-conscious about it was like I, I the chances were higher. I should have died. Like, right, right, right. I had no control over how I landed. I was landing on rocks from, like, 50 feet above them and so what,
1: uh, out of control. You got airlifted to some kind of hospital or something.
0: Right, right. yeah. I talked about it in the intro episode, but, like, I, I fell at, like, 6 p.m. and had to spend the night on the mountain until the sunrise. And what? That the? was one of the most joyful moments of my life is when sunrise comes. I'm in Yosemite, like, overlooking the valley, which is a beautiful place. We uh-huh. really, like broken? A helicopter comes, and, like, they drop a 100-foot rope, and – this fireman like hero guy like his arms yeah he's holding on to the rope doesn't even strap himself in he's got one strap in this for my treasure wow. and so he's just holding on and we're both like he's like overlooking the valley <laughs> and, and he, he like kissed like, his neck <laughs> I'm, like, flying over this place and i'm just like i am saved i'm in the most beautiful wow. place ever i'm on my way to like good things well what was, what was wrong with your body
1: were you like
0: you couldn't move
1: what did you break like a spine thing or uh, thing?
0: some things in my pelvis had uh, several stress fractures and um, things? No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know all this terminology. They basically did a full body CT scan and said you don't have anything major to worry about. Um, nothing we can do here on the spot. Like we're not trying to do surgery or anything. So they prescribed me like what? massive pain meds, and I <laughs> left. Ridiculous. and I was like, this is insanely lucky. And wow. so I'm, like I'm gonna get myself back to where I used to be, but I'm also gonna do so more intentionally. Um and so I really started digging deep while I was just on the couch for the next few weeks trying to think, mm-hmm. like, what are like my God given gifts and how can I, um, maximize those and and contribute something to the world? Like, what am I being called to serve, or what yeah. are, what are some of my duties, um, towards people and my relationships? And how can I be better at communicating and all these things? And, and where can I get cheap massages? That was another one. <laughs> like, that was at the fourth. Of- Better I <laughs> had a lot of body work that needed done after that. I got into acupuncture, it was another thing that's oh, yeah. eastern society that well, I wanted think,
1: I'm thinking for Thai massages though, they feel really good. They're super rough and they like rub your bones. You know, like they're rubbing mm. your shin bone and it like hurts, yeah. but it feels good. Like yeah. was that good for that pelvis? Uh, it's. Or I think it's really good for help? your
0: tissue, but I think I come to realize that I think massage is more of a temporary solution that gives you like three, four days of relief, yeah. and fall right back into it. Yeah, that's probably true. I've done other things that I think are more powerful. Like for example, in Thailand, I found a doctor that does this thing called guasha. It's like a Chinese treatment, um, and it's basically like really deep, uh, like scar tissue removal. Of the different levels of your tissue with this, like, horn thing that he rubs on you. What? And then, like, herbs and oils. And And it feels better? It hurts like crazy. What? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, he takes, like, places that are, like, blocked. Like, you're stagnant and your energy flow and, like, your tissue is, like, locked into place. Like, I had several places around there, like... My body was really out of balance in my hips especially and then my upper back. Okay. Um, and so he unlocks a lot of that stuff. he also did like massage and chiropractic stuff and acupuncture and cupping. And so like I would see oh, him for, like, five yeah. hour long appointments. Uh, and I would just feel so much better. And like what, that stuff was like all about like toxin removal. And yeah. so um I think it does a lot more to go deeper, like at creating sustainable impact than Thai massage does. Interesting. Yeah, I was like always kind of just like on the lookout for some really like natural healing doctor that could help me because I didn't want to be relying on pain medications like it was kind of the first month. Oh, uh,
1: gotcha. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Your body's like wrecked. You need <laughs> yeah. some relief. So you're on the couch and you're saying, "I'm gonna go to Thailand." So then, how'd you find CIEE, right? Or did you just look online and
0: it popped yeah, up. Yeah, so I had applied for a Fulbright fellowship, which is like this yeah. like kind of big name place right, yeah. to go through and it's super cool. I got a finalist award, and I was like, "What? Super! I didn't pop. know that. Yeah, congrats, dude. Yeah, and congrats, you have any of the money
1: left over that
0: it could have? I didn't get it in oh, the end. Oh, That sucks. So I was a finalist, which <laughs> okay. uh, means like you're you're on to the like, the final. Like the chances are very, very high. You're going. Uh, Some of them don't make the list. And I emailed like the career person i had been talking to at McAllister, and she's like, "We've had uh, twenty people become finalists in the last like five years from McAllister for a full fellowship, and all twenty have gotten." it. Oh I my. was like, "Yes, I'm in. This is oh, amazing. I'm going to Thailand." Oh, and no. we're, like three months later, in like I think it was late March or early April, I found out we've decided that you're an alternate for the program oh and I was like oh my
1: oh my what do I do rush for like the second time this time figuratively so yeah
0: <laughs> that's hilarious uh so then I just was like what do I do and then I remembered that this organization that several people had studied abroad through in college did uh, teaching placements and I I uh, I realized I needed to like scrounge together like a thousand dollars to make that happen. Yeah, because
1: yeah, it was a costly application. Mm-hmm. But it was, I think because they do everything for you. They do everything for you, and you yeah. have like job security. Because if the school fires you or whatever, you could go through CID yeah. and they deal with that.
0: I actually thought it was better than Fulbright. I had made several Fulbright friends, and they like weren't allowed to own a motorbike, which I thought was insane. Yeah, that's part of their thing. They yeah, they're like motorbike. not allowed to own a motorbike. They made like 50 or 60% of the salary I made. <laughs> and also, like, their schools were like. Lower low quality schools in Thailand. Oh, really? That's like kind of part of Fulbright's mission is to like help uh, out the most in need parts of yeah the, the countries. Um, so, like, I mean, I was super happy with the school I was placed at. I, yeah. Fulbright also puts a lot of people, like, alone. They're the only foreigner in their village. That's got to be my, lonely. For me, I had, like, six other Americans at my school, which was That's nice. nice. That's, like, essential, I feel like. You know, because
1: otherwise actually, you could go like, crazy and, like, not know. What, I don't know. You're, how many did you
0: have at your school? We
1: had – so the first term I was there, we had 10. And then the second term we had maybe – Twelve, not all American. Some we had some Filipinos because they, they speak English really well. But a German guy, so he was weird. But you know, like it was, we had enough people that weren't from Thailand, so you didn't feel like um, we still had some ties outside of Thailand to talk about stuff like having American culture, or talking about politics
0: or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Now we had two Chinese teachers, six Filipino teachers, wow. a French guy who taught math in English well, he- yeah. with, like, a heavy, heavy French accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eric. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, like, several Thai women, basically, yeah. like, taught English. Oh, nice. Did you teach math in English at all? I just taught English conversation for uh, kids okay. sixth grade. Okay, nice. Patum. Ha. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> ha.
1: Nice. Um, so... You were, so you went over to, to Thailand, did the orientation in Bangkok or did you do Chiang Mai? Or did did you... Chiang Mai.
0: Okay.
1: So Chiang Mai is in the north and then you were stationed. Where is your town? It was... I was four
0: hours southeast in Pre Pray It's called P-H-R-A-E. Prayer. Yeah, but you just sound really happy and excited when you say it. So. <laughs>
1: <Prayer. laughs> wow. Four hours southeast of Chiang Mai?
0: On a bus, yeah. Eesh. Um. So like, I I was I was kind of in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, that's that's <laughs> wild. And it was more a
0: rural school, sc- rural school. It was kind of like like <laughs> the urban school of the rural territory. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it was like the biggest <laughs> Yeah, it was like the town center. The town, town center of oh, like all these of the villages. Okay. Yeah. That right, what are they growing? Rice. Uh Mhm. And we were famous for uh, mohom, which is like uh, an indigo dye that whoa. like the country uses for whoa. their clothing.
1: Was it mostly Thai? What was the ethnic makeup of the place? It was all Thai? Were there like uh, hill tribes at all? There? Yeah,
0: there was a small percentage of um. Yeah, they call it, like Hmong people or Karen, yeah. like yep. people Kharan, from yeah, people from the border of either Lao or Myanmar, Myanmar or, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: wow. So you get a lot. Yeah, so you had some interesting mix there.
0: Yeah, but. Uh, I don't think I was, like, that keen at, like, being able to know who is who. Like, no. They all just kind of look like they're the general same nationality to me. Oh, yeah. There's way less diversity there than there is in the U.S. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, I mean, all those people come from, I don't know, different places. Right. right? Like, but Turkish I can't casements. tell, like,
0: if someone's from Chiang Mai or Bangkok by looking at them, really. Oh, like, yeah. No, you can't. So uh, it's, like, it seemed like 90-something in the high 90% yeah. of Thai people. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, I mean... Were you so you, they were like you were were you one of the few white people there?
0: hmm Just me and then the six American teachers. Okay. And then Eric. Okay.
1: Yeah. Eric was French. Yeah, he'd yeah. been to the
0: school for like fifteen years. Yeah. Now. What
1: was that like being being a minority for the first time? You know. I so I skin so
0: color. The I you like. think it's really important to to put yourself in that position. Oh yeah. I am like such a majority dominant like demographic right yeah. now. Like, I am tall, like blonde male american like yeah. <laughs> i am <laughs> the one stamping on everybody every day right, true so <laughs> i think it's really good for a perspective shift to like be in the minority side and like you feel it in so many ways it's like, crazy like, like,
1: like what was so, some way, what, what um, way you would feel it
0: i mean there's tons of positive ways i think like, yeah you're, you're treated like you're, treated you're really like a really king, well yeah. lots of times like people tell me 20 times a day that I'm really handsome or I'm really smart, which is like, no one told me that
1: actually. So that's kind of, uh, I think this interview, maybe because they were
0: distracted by how funny you are. (laughs) Yeah. Funny looking maybe. (laughs) Uh, So people would always comment on like that stuff, but, you just notice it, like, in language. You're, like, in a place, and everything just is just mm-hmm. noise. You yeah, know, yeah, everything
1: is just noise. Like, you
0: just... Really, you just, like, at yeah. this island everywhere you go. And yeah. everyone looks at you or tells their friends to look at you real quick. Taking pictures with you. Lots, lots of, of that, selfies. yeah. Yeah. I noticed... Um, for the most part, it was positive,
1: but at our school, at least, because we were foreigners, nobody trusted us at all. Like, there was mm-hmm. everyone assumes that you're just some more. I mean, we were kind of dumb at first, you know, because you didn't adjust to do no culture, but they assume you're some kind of dumb, um, uh, white person speaking English. They don't know where you're from, but, you know, they, they can't tell the difference between, yeah, Canada, Australia,
0: yeah. English
1: accent, or American, you uh, know, exactly. South Africa. I don't know. Um, so everyone just would. A lot of times I felt like they would assume the worst. And that was about you. They would assume like
0: – Well, and they go through this cycle of like getting a new American teacher every single yeah, year. Yeah. Hardly anybody stays more than their yeah, year. Exactly. Time. The first term we were there, it was everyone was like super – not super cold.
1: The majority, the teachers were cold. The instant um, all the, th- the three of us that came back, the teachers loved us. The, just the first couple days we were back the second term because we stayed longer than – Mm-hmm. just the requisite six months you know what i mean yeah. okay you're in it for the long haul or whatever
0: i mean i think this is like most most high people's relationship with a westerner is you're you realize that that relationship is like probably going away within a year i know
1: isn't that weird Definitely. that's not weird. it's like that not-
0: i was like really good friends with the frisbee crew in chiang mai i'm um, at the, by the end and. Um, I just like really admire how they like actually like give so much to their relationships. Oh yeah. Knowing that like you're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Really? It, yeah. It's never been in that type of environment before. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And do you think that's
1: what? where yeah. do you think that comes from in a culture? Is that like like yeah. a Buddhist thing? Or is it because
0: Yeah, I mean I think Thai people are extremely accepting. Oh yeah. Very open minded. Mm-hmm. Uh in many ways. They're like pretty progressive like ideal type of society like yeah. they have a strong sense of unity they tend to smile a lot or like have just kind of a positive mindset about life right uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they get wrapped up in like overthinking the future or trying to like I think they're more like um surrender their lives to like some I don't know higher power or something like that yeah. allows. They, like, allow more to happen, whereas Americans, I think, try to control their circumstances more.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Could you you give me an an example example of that kind of thing, like, where you saw that? (sighs) Either in teaching your students, dealing with other teachers, dealing with your Thai friends.
0: Yeah, I guess, like... I, I, for me it's that frisbee team they they would do that all the time they're right. just like mm. so they have like backpackers come every every week they'll mm-hmm. just come for like one or two weeks they have people that like will join the team for a semester while they're teaching there they have people that join for a year then they have other foreigners that will stay for a lifetime of like being an expat
1: yeah
0: and you can just kind of they have like these parties and gatherings and stuff. And you're just as included as the people that have been a member of this thing for like 10 years. Oh, interesting. Even though like, and they'll ask you like, when are you leaving or whatever? And you say, and they're like, Oh, that's awesome. What are you going to? And they just seem like generally like enthusiastic about your future, even if it doesn't include them or their country. Wow. I think that's pretty interesting. <sighs> Sorry about that. Um, also like you can just kind of, there's uh, lady boys are everywhere. Yeah. I. Uh, they're quickly becoming westernized like several people especially like you saw in bangkok and Chiang Mai, like there are people that are like looking and dressing very western the music is is that way Uh but then there's also like yeah so there's like an adoption of like these brand new like western poppy type of influences Mm -hmm. but then there's still like an adherence to like you know praising their king of like 70 years and like um listening to like High country music from like yeah. decades ago. Nissan, or, yeah. People are doing both of those and in tandem. Yeah, I think that they're really good at adapting. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: um One thing I noticed when I was there was that kind of very. I think it's a Buddhist focus on the present. You know, mm-hmm. um, one thing I noticed in America, at least, I think because so much of America's background is Christian, not that everyone here is, but. It there's always like, always like this Christian idea of recounting your sins like and like being like this is what I did wrong. Let me remember mm-hmm. these and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any of that kind of thinking in Thailand. It was all like oh the past, like forget yeah. about it. We can't do anything. Let's just focus on what's happening now. Like anytime, yeah. like oh, in America, we've got yeah. in an argument with somebody. It would be like awkward for a couple of days. In Thailand, at least, with my, my I taught with a couple of co-teachers, teachers, you know? And, and we would, like, disagree, disagree on something, something, and we'd be angry in the mo- moment. And the next, next day, it's like, oh, don't, don't worry, worry about it. About like, it. my pen right, you know, never mind. It's
0: saying like, all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's like,
1: don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't worry real. about it. We yeah. can't do anything. You want some
0: green mango today? for yeah. your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like, it, it doesn't matter, matter after it's passed, which makes more sense. I always
0: felt like I was the one getting most worked up like there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I in America, I feel like I'm the one like least getting worked up about things. Yeah, I mean they don't show it. Like I think if they do feel, yeah. they don't. Part of the cultures to not
1: show it, but still, mm-hmm. like it was very focused on the center or the uh, not center, so focused on the present.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I think I gained a lot of skills related to that by being there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so you were there uh, a year, a little over a year.
0: I was in Asia for fifteen months. So oh, okay, I wow. went in and out of Thailand several times during that. And Thailand was my home base. Right, so and then you didn't,
1: didn't go back to the US, US at all, right? During, during that time, correct. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's it's important good. because it makes you. So
0: I came in September and traveled Vietnam and Cambodia with my mom, nice, and myself um, for like three weeks, and then started my orientation. Started teaching. Sure. Um, and then I spent my two month summer uh, going to the south of Thailand. Um, my family kind of came for a week. Was really cool. Went to the beaches. Yeah, nice. went scuba diving for a week. Went to Nepal for two and a half weeks and hiked to Mount Everest. Oh, cool! And then uh, came back to teach. And then I finished that. And then I went to Cambodia again. Uh-huh. And then India. And wow. then I came back to Thailand for another week. Where'd you go in
1: India? You were in we Rishikesh for the yogi thing, right? Correct.
0: That's all I went. Was oh, okay. I had a thirty-day visa, and I went for all thirty days to my yoga teaching school. Whoa,
1: that's wild. Um, That's cool. So, um, what kind of skills did you feel like you learned just being in Asia for like 15 months outside of your home culture, which you spent most of your life in? Like, what kind of concrete sort of um, skills or sort of uh, routines or habits did you pick up in your time there?
0: Yeah, I mean, several. (laughs) Um, I think in general, I became very uh, independent. One of my, Mm I think, more. Uh, subtle or subconscious goals was to not need another person always knowing everything about my life. Yeah, and yeah. I just mentioned I had a that girlfriend for three years, mm-hmm. and um, I grew up with like a brother who was my best friend, and my family being highly involved in my life. And I never really had a period where like I was truly living by myself <laughs> until Morocco. I tasted it a little bit. Yeah, um, but and still, drunk
1: on it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it,
0: <laughs> uh, but still, like I had. You know, sixty Americans all around me every day, and hang out in the evening. And this was like a case where I really started to do things for myself, um, and, and I thought that was that was great. I found things I was like really passionate about, and then um, didn't care about how I was perceived or if it was weird or yeah. whatever. I I started doing things that like meditated for ten minutes every morning on my porch. I did yoga every day after school. Um, I. I became a teacher. That was, like, a huge thing. Like, constantly in a teacher's mindset. So, I became really organized with notes on my phone is, like, a big thing. So, I wrote a blog was another big thing. Um, So, I did a lot of reflective activities, and I just always kind of wrote them in my phone. I had different notes for that. Like, one would be, like, lesson ideas I had, Mm -hmm. how I would carry that out. I learned to, like, release control over those lessons a little bit as I was teaching. Like, yeah. Not having them so rigid and structured because you have no idea how long things take or how successful they'll be or how fun they Uh, are. Yeah, what people are gonna, uh,
1: what kids are gonna latch on to and really just do that more, you know? So
0: I learned like the skill of like letting go of control and just like being able to adapt to every moment as needed. That's
1: interesting. So it seems like, like, it it seems like you started out saying that um, you became comfortable with kind of being alone. You developed these sort of like daily activities like meditating or, um, doing yoga after school and keeping notes and organization in your phone, but at the same, so those are kind of, those are all activities where you're very much, um, retaining control of your life, you know, choosing what you want to do, being mindful of every step of the way. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you also learn to let go of that, right? So it's yeah, kind of both sides. Yeah, it's
0: interesting, like paradox that i think is a real thing like oh yeah if you can start to harness control over like the sways of your emotions like if you feel ag- anger coming on mm-hmm. just take a step back and like look at that and be like why am i angry yeah do i need to have a reaction to this like yeah. everyone's impulses you know do something that like releases that anger mm-hmm. or whatever but these things just fall away like if yeah. you just sit with that for 5 10 15 seconds take a couple of breaths yeah your attention obviously begins to focus on something else and then you feel a new thing which yeah. is like generally for me related to like calm and peace and just general like gratitude and happiness yeah, or um, hunger maybe hunger a lot yeah. High, yeah. high meals are small <laughs> but it's also i i had no stresses around money there it was like yeah, yeah. incredibly new a beautiful feeling right? Right. It's an, it's crazy i'm hungry yeah it's one dollar to have an amazing like meal right now i
1: want to do that and it's cheaper it's for those of you who don't know it's cheaper, cheaper to go to like a a street vendor in Thailand, you pay a dollar and you get an amazing meal. Whereas you could go to like the market or the grocery store, buy stuff that's more expensive, to first get there, buy it, take it home and prepare it, and it's not gonna be nearly as good as anything you get down
0: the street. I think I cooked once all I, year. I cooked <laughs> eggs one time. I made some <laughs> sandwiches uh, sometimes on the go, but other than that it's just so much lower quality than the than the food cooked by someone that does it every day. Exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite Thai food? Oh, that's hard. Several of them. I really like. Um, oh, we had this place at the end of our street uh, called Jenang's. Jennings. Jennings. It sounds just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that place like served super good pad thai omelets, which oh, is nice. pad thai inside of an omelet. I really yeah yeah. That. Um. Oh man, I've been away for like a year now. Yeah. I'm forgetting some of the really specific names, but there's like. Um, Sometime I think is a really good, like, Salad type yeah, yeah. of appetizer. Spicy, spicy papaya salad. Yeah, yeah, I love that. This juice is like all limey and yeah, like yeah. spicy still. And I,
1: I liked, liked it, it too, but it was so
0: spicy that I was like. I always had to say my pet, which is like no spicy. My pet. Which, <laughs> which in American terms is still very spicy. Outrageously not spicy. Very, very, very spicy. It's, <laughs> it's like two <laughs> chilies and not, chilies. not nine chilies. It's either like nine and a half out of ten or ten. It's like, oh, you get a juice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, it was. Pre. Smoothies all the time, like that was just amazing. Like, oh, yeah, mango season. I just love mango season, yeah, yeah. And It was like May or something, just super juicy mangoes for like a quarter,
1: oh, gambles,
0: papaya, like all that, yeah, just super fresh fruit that was just delicious and could be made into an icy smoothie when it's mm-hmm. 100 degrees out, just hey, <laughs> super hits the spot. And so,
1: pray that, okay. sure, pre. yeah, that's good. Um, they, they were. were is it considered north or central?
0: North. Okay,
1: okay, so what kind of food do they have there? Khao soy, like yeah, so- they have
0: Khao soy. That kau was soy, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention. That's really really good. Yeah. This that's cool. Like a- I like that stuff. Yes. It's like uh,
1: crispy noodles on top and like egg noodles and like a broth. or
0: Yeah. And it's kind of spicy. There's like a curry to it. I don't know. It's like, like yeah. a coconut milk curry and, yeah, there and we go. something that makes it orange. Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> <that's> surprising <laughs> how undereducated I was about what I ate. Right? Well, you just see all these foreign things that I've never eaten before and it's well, like, this is very
1: good. It's funny because I would ask Thai people stuff like, what is this? Or why do they do that? And they're like, I don't know. We just do it. And it's the same way if someone asked you why we eat popcorn at the movies. You're like, uh, I don't know. It's just part of the what we do, you know. It's like yeah. uh, so. so it's, it's hard to explain, explain your, your own culture, culture, I think, unless you, yeah. yeah. So so it's like, it's not surprising that. that there are certain things that we...
0: One I other thing forgot. that I loved about Thailand was all the coffee shop culture. I oh, did yeah. not expect that at all. Uh, I had never been into coffee shops even in college. I just never did that. Oh, for really? For some reason, like what? My my first time I fell in love with coffee was in Thailand. Well, see, <laughs> so and so, so the, the
1: northern, northern part of Thailand is, is super well known for having really good coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's like even
1: better.
0: I was getting organic beans from like the neighboring province of Nan and like getting greeted super warmly by the woman that like serves, you mm-hmm. know, teachers and me during like the lunch hour. Oh yeah. I had like these massive lunch, like three hour lunches or something. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I would usually go out with like a group of people and then like, they had to teach every hour because they're a Thai teacher. Mm-hmm. They work like actual jobs. Right. We have right, this like right. super part-time contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> <It's> <laughs> three just... to four hours a day of work, and then the rest is like hammocking and reading, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> coffee shop writing. And, yeah. So wow.
1: I it's used a to like open schedule.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Two di- two different schedules. The first and the second sure. semester were different, but uh, yeah. in general, like I love to spend some of my free time because it's also free air conditioning, which is super oh, nice. That's
1: like the that is. What, what guides your life like, I feel like yeah, it's a hundred degrees outside. Awesome. hundred degrees You need that air conditioner, really. And, and a fan just doesn't cut it. it Like you're just like I, I would just, just like Walk outside And my, my face is, is covered In like, like Sweat and grime Like immediately You know Yeah Cause it's, it's so humid. humid
0: Yeah
1: Um So You cultivated these sorts of Mindful Ways of life Meditating Doing yoga Journaling Organizing your lessons And stuff But at the same time, you're learning to let go and sort of just, like, plan stuff out, see what happens. Don't stress about if it goes well or not. Um, When you came back, did you notice, how have you been able to implement that in America at least, being back in the States?
0: It was really hard when I came back. I think American people asked me lots of questions of, like, what is your long term plan? Like, what are you okay, doing yeah. next? Like, oh, that's
1: all anyone. Cares have you found
0: about. a career? <laughs> what does your financial security look like? Yeah. These are like are you in a
1: relationship.
0: Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, when are you gonna? Have, and then even I'm if I, like, am you know, starting you over. Yeah. Yeah. I got no money. I'm ah, a no. broken man. I don't have a job. <laughs> uh, I went from being like rich upper class like Thai. Thai person royalty almost you know Sure, yeah and like with the chance to continue that even more and then coming back on this faith that like choosing my family and choosing my home country is like gonna be the right decision yeah definitely struggled with that a lot I was like I just gave up an amazing lifestyle for like (laughs) wintertime in America Where like I don't have any like fulfilling job and I don't have mm-hmm. money and I gotta go live with my dad again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty five. <laughs> like, I'm not no killing my in life that. anymore.
1: for For those of you who don't know, I'm doing the same thing with my parents and I'm 26. So. He's completely copying me. Also, <laughs> I am. I've been following Tanner's life trajectory to a T. At this point, <laughs> you're probably doing better than me. I in Thailand and then you came back here and we were substitute teaching. I taught in Thailand. And now I'm trying to substitute teach because I want oh. to be just like Tanner.
0: Yeah. I recommend it. Substitute Teaching is is great. It's actually made me want to become a teacher.
1: So you've been back for a while and now you've kind of realized that you like teaching a lot and you want to pursue that further, right?
0: Right. Why? Okay, so I wasted a lot of time. Maybe maybe not wasted. We'll see what it looks like in the future. Okay. But I spent a ton of time studying for my LSAT. Which <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I took it twice. What? I spent about six to seven months studying for the law school entrance exam. And you just I took it in, it in Bangkok. And yeah, my second semester of teaching was filled with like being this highly productive person in my free time, which like, I don't know how I feel about it. It made me feel productive and smart and I was like doing a lot to like build my brain because mm-hmm. it's really easy to like lapse into a general like passivity or laziness. Oh, as I yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm sure you know about I it. Know that
1: exact <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I wasn't doing that so much second semester and I was proud of that. But I was also like kind of just aimlessly studying for this major test that like, yeah, yeah. was going to land me into like law school and I just didn't know about so much of what that would look like. I, yeah. I, I'm convinced that I really like all the topics related to law school. Um, I just didn't know what my job was going to be. Yeah, and I didn't love my score the first time, so I took it again when I got back to the oh, US. Yeah, and that did. <laughs> and it's like it's a good enough score. It's like sixty seventh percentile of all like the people that take it or sure. whatever. I can go to law school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just started realizing like I don't really know what that vision looks like. It's going to put me in a lot of debt, and I think like a medium that I'm really serving people in, and I feel like a general enthusiasm enthusiasm for his teaching. Oh, yeah. I I was doing a lot of studying as I was substituting in school. So Mm -hmm. I would use my plan period or my lunchtime or my, like, freedom as a high school sub, especially, to, like, study. Um, And so I was constantly just telling my dad, like, I think I like teaching more than I want to go to law school. Yeah, well, that's a good sign to follow, like, whatever
1: you're interested in. Yeah,
0: and I just look back at my past, and, like, I was teaching in Thailand, and before that I was, like, tutoring – like, once a week, I tutored a kid for two years in, in high school. You're teaching right now with a VIP kid at online. Yeah, and teach I teach online. I teach English to Chinese kids. So yeah. I get still that taste of, like, what it's like to teach to, like, it's similar to what it was like to teach in Thailand. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, it would be really, really cool to actually have my own classroom and design my own curriculum. And I kind of found, like, that I really do enjoy this, like, sixth-grade age time. It's like a formative period where – they're no longer like just a child anymore. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of able to think for themselves and make rational decisions and, and you say apply sixth, mindfulness to you their say lives. sixth
1: grade because you taught that in Thailand and you want to teach that here?
0: I don't think it's because I taught it in Thailand. I think it's just because uh, I realized, good. partially because of Thailand, but I've also just realized that substituting, like that's kind of the area that like I think I can speak best to kids uh-huh. and that kids like are open and like receptive to yeah. me. And I feel like, I can come from a position of authority or like wisdom on, on the subject matter. Whereas like with seniors in high school, I struggle a little bit more. I feel like I'm too similar to their age. I haven't like had enough distance from them to really reach them the way that I want to. That makes sense. Um, But I don't think sixth graders are so young that like, you're going to tell them one thing and it's just going to go out the next year. Mm -hmm. Like these things are something that they internalize and digest. And I mean, they're, they're pretty fully functional, humans at that um, point yeah, and little creatures you know it's really cool to see yeah i get a lot of a uh, lot of comments about how i'm the best teacher they've ever had <laughs> oh that's i'm awesome. just a one-day self <laughs> <And they're> like <laughs> i've never had a teacher that i felt like i can share things with or that like has listened to me or that's awesome um, made me think about a new topic like i'm constantly trying to get them to appreciate something like you should learn history today because mm-hmm. it's the reason you're sitting in this chair. Like yeah. if this didn't happen. This event didn't happen. Like you wouldn't be here and you should be thankful for that. we should learn about how that works because those principles apply to today. And That's cool. I think it's really fun to to see that exchange, but also like to go through the process myself of like reflection and, how to best communicate something? Yeah, yeah, I
1: want to be a teacher. And how do you think your past experience? I mean, obviously, teaching in Thailand gave you a taste for teaching, okay? But it's still different than teaching in American schools, right? How do you think your past, your like, travels, or your experience being abroad has contributed to your desire to teach?
0: Oh, I think my mind has been massively expanded. Through um, all the shroom shakes and uh pie. I did that once in pie. <laughs> <five. laughs> I had a great day. A great day looking at the cosmos, and then I around sunrise was just like puking my brain. <laughs> what? Yeah, I got super sick. I so, know what happened.
1: so, Pai is a place close to Chiang Mai, like three an hour away. It's through like a really rocky, mountainous terrain, and they're famous for shroom shakes, a hippie culture, and you can. So, you took one, and you you got a little
0: pukey. It got super pukey, (laughs) like 5 or 6 a.m., just, like, outside of my bungalow, just yakking it up. Where would you stay? Uh, Cat Hostel or something like that. I don't know, just in the center village area. Okay, nice. It's beautiful there. I love pie. That was awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you had your mind expanded by hallucinogens, natural, from the earth. But,
0: sure, uh, I've done my fair share of that stuff, and that's. Been, <laughs> I think like,
1: you want to get all your sixth graders to try them as well. I think that's a bold choice.
0: I don't think that's the the medium to accessing wisdom that, uh, that is required. <laughs> um, I uh, think like it's about like entertaining free thought and like seeing where your mind goes and constantly questioning assumptions is like really really important to but, me. So yeah, so where
1: cool did- thought. But that critical thought and questioning assumptions is that
0: come from your traveling and seeing what people believe your yeah, definitely. and your conversations you've had? It comes a lot from reading, obviously. Sure. But it also comes from yeah interacting with people with way different value sets and way different yeah. like experiential backgrounds and um, different religious mindsets. And I really like to look for like kind of what's universal in like humanity oh, yeah. and try to tap into that. Um, so – I feel confident that I can reach any kind of student, uh-huh. um, and I, I'm building my knowledge base in lots of different areas. Like I'm trying to be like a true liberal arts student, sure. constantly making connections between the disciplines. Um, interdisciplinary. And, yeah, uh, interdisciplinary. Yeah, interdisciplinary and applying a discipline to my learning. Nice. That's
1: a good little... Uh, <laughs> that
0: was a my, good... My blog place. is titled Student of the World Blog. Yeah. and that's like what I'm always trying to be is like in a student type of mindset. I'm trying to study like, why are things the way they are here? And why do people believe this way? And, um, I like to try things out too. Like I was telling you before the podcast, I listen to Tim Ferriss a lot Mm -hmm. and he does a lot of these like life experiences where, where are experiments where he'll like, try out a new form of living or a new mindset for a short period of time and then see what he wants to take from that next. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's, and the Buddha talks about this a lot as like experience is where you actually receive your wisdom. Mm. You, can't, you can't just be told how something works or like that something is best for you. You got to like try it and then internalize that, that for yourself. And I think that's ultimately what is going to cool. yeah. distinguish me as a teacher is I'm going to do things that make the kids experience their understanding rather than just being told what that is for like, you know, to take their test or apply it for an essay or whatever. Like uh-huh. they're going to be able to like actually take some life wisdom out of my class yeah. because I'm always taking life yeah. wisdom out of like everywhere. The sort of life, life wisdom course. that you're imparting to them <laughs> is
1: that you can't,
0: You have to experience things
1: to really understand them, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So, like, a a big thing for me is, like, getting beyond these, like, superficial, like, fear-based sort of mindsets that I think keep a lot of people in Topeka stuck in. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how am I going to survive in a place where I, like, don't know anybody? Yeah, don't don't speak the language. I don't speak the language or, like, I don't have any, like, super financial secure things set up or, like – I owe it to somebody that I stay, like, in their physical mm-hmm. life. Like, mm-hmm. There's all these, like, limitations we we box ourselves in. But, like, yeah. none of those are actually true. They're just all something that you, that you decide to prioritize. And, right. And, and, like, knocking down that assumption and actually questioning, like, does this need to be a priority? Or is there something I can do that's more important, like, building my character or my understanding of the world? Especially, I think, at this age, it's really, mm-hmm. really important in your 20s to, like, uh, live passionately live authentically within like your true nature mm-hmm. and to like um luckily i'm born with like social skills to connect with any type of person yeah. regardless of any of these like language barriers there's just ways to make it happen and yeah well um, um, so you see i live like a faith-based life i guess where i just have faith that like the right intention and the right like vibe between people is going to create magical situations and right. opportunities and, yeah and you have a new set of choices to make and you're constantly like elevating your consciousness and your reality.
1: Yeah. And so you say that the 20 your twenties are a time for living authentically or, um, you say living with purpose, something like that. Mm-hmm. But how do you, what, like, isn't it also about trying to find that purpose or trying Definitely. to find that authenticity? So you just have to, so I guess what you are saying is like trying to just try these different experiences. So you know what is authentic, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so one thing you said in there was that you like finding these universals in humanity. What kind of universals did you notice while you were traveling around? And even since you've been back in the US comparing and contrasting like the two not the West and the East, but just traveling in different places and coming to the United States.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I've noticed that if I'm in the right mindset, if I'm operating from a added like a positive attitude. Yeah. Um, and if I'm being, like, someone that's giving warmth in an interaction, I'm going to receive that back regardless yeah. of who that person is or where they come from. Yeah. Everyone has a choice to, like, um, display, the like, the good part of themselves or, like, the more, like, nasty or yeah. you know, annoyed or side of them or whatever. And so – I think I figured out how to draw out kind of like the warmer, more generous side of people. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also noticed that like people have a capacity for empathy. Yeah. So if you can just be genuine and honest about like your, your intentions and your like understanding of the situation and you're like, Newbiness or whatever you're yeah. just like tell people like i'm a beginner at this i don't really know what i'm doing i need help is I it need the help? best yeah. thing to say people say people help you people, people help like, you go way out of their way to help you although it's- i will say
1: i think that's a thai thing too like thai yeah. people are outrageously helpful but like,
0: it's an american thing too you're yeah. here helping me you just listen to like <laughs> four or five episodes of my podcast and have a huge script of like that's true yeah yeah but like also i guess yeah if you're in like a
1: If you're in a big city or something, you ask someone, "Hey, where's this thing?" Usually, people are generally pretty helpful and will tell you where to go. Yeah,
0: like one big way I've been able to travel so much is that I have people I can stay with in these places that like will give me a free place to stay, will allow me to buy groceries and like live out of a fridge, yeah, not have to like eat out all the time. That like give me like tips about like jobs I could have or ways I can save money and. yeah, I do a lot of like following people's suggestions, yeah. um, and not trying to exert. Like I said before, not trying to exert so much of what I think is right or mm-hmm. best, but constantly being open to like operating in a different mindset that that the other person is coming from. Yeah, you know, it's like you,
1: you operate more in a uh, in a yeah. mode of gratefulness rather than like entitlement. Like you, you just literally deserve anything. It's like people are willing to give you this crazy. Like yeah, you know, yeah. which is cool. That people are. I can't even imagine that people are so willing to help out. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, it's it's a cool thing. And it reminds me that like whenever I'm feeling busy and under deadlines and under stress or whatever, like y- these things are just like a second away from accessing. And the second, you access that and you do something, your happiness just goes up so much. Like yeah, accessing accessing some sort of like uh, connectivity to humanity, like oh, yeah. wanting to help people, wanting to like. Um, share your opinion or your advice on something mm-hmm. that is being asked of you or wanting to give some sort of, um, yeah, like input on something that someone needs help with. Like, Yeah. And that
1: mindset seems super helpful for teaching because mm-hmm. so much of that is like, well, just, just being, being open, open to new way. ideas, guiding people when they want it, all yeah. that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. I love the whole general exchange more and more. I'm realizing teaching is definitely for me. Okay. It's, so it's cool. Um,
1: your podcast yeah. is called people of purpose. Um, what would you say, would you say your purpose is finding other people who have purposes and putting those purposes out in the world to listeners? I would so say like that's a, that's a like
0: concrete purpose of the podcast. Oh, the podcast. Well, I don't well, think you're... that's like what I would say on my obituary or whatever.
1: <laughs> Actually, I've, I have your obituary right here. I wrote it on my computer. I obviously. just got uh, sold
0: life insurance yesterday, or not sold, but offered life insurance. Did you yesterday. take it? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about that market. <laughs>
1: so, so, what would you say, say that your purpose, purpose is—to is live a purposeful life, or?
0: Um, I would say it's something related to um, creating opportunities for others to live to their fullest potential mm-hmm. um is certainly a huge element of it so teaching would, would fall into that definitely yeah i, mean, I guess the
1: podcast would too because you're giving advice for people to live to their.
0: yeah so it's something related to like um looking really inward and accessing like the skills that are like um really great in mm-hmm. me and um, doing things to like put that out in the world to bring others to a more elevated reality, like where they can access like their highest potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I'm still, I think a purpose is like something that you're always evolving. In. Sure. Um, but for me, it's definitely related to bringing others to like their truest sense of self and like self-expression and in the process, making the world a more like um, understanding place mm-hmm. that is more mindful and thoughtful about like, what we're putting into it and so what does that
1: look like bringing people to a more elevated space just having conversations expanding their mindset in terms of values beliefs system, yeah whatever.
0: certainly those things I think like a concrete example that I'm that I'm currently going towards wow. is um, these low-income school districts or underserved, oh, underserved yeah. schools um, so I just got a job offer with uh, KIPP which is a knowledge is power program it's a Nonprofit profit public charter school mm-hmm. system um in the bay area so it congratulations got offered a job oh, in san francisco yeah. and basically what they do is they take uh students and their families um that come from public schools that are like really broken that just have no track record of success like of those students are going to make it to college. Mm -hmm. Um, Their parents didn't. It's just generational poverty. A lot of like trauma related to that. Uh, Yeah. Systemic Um, issues, racism,
1: poverty, that sort of thing. So I
0: think that they're also impoverished in like um, a mindset sense. Like they don't have um, an expanded opportunity, like mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think someone like me who has, humbled i think i've humbled myself to live in spaces where i really have no idea how things operate yeah yeah yeah. um just like just like them they have no idea how how to make it into college or what they're going to study or how to like just break a generational poverty thing um and showing them that it's very possible by being self-reliant like if you can cultivate the best version of yourself Uh you're going to constantly elevate um, and or so maybe to be
1: striving strive.
0: towards the best like mm-hmm. maybe you'll, never, maybe you'll never yeah yeah. It's, like, yeah it's not about the goal it's about the yeah so i see this as like a potential space to like operate in at least for the short term um, and so like this program i think does really cool things related to like the parents are highly involved in it mm-hmm. so you're going to like parent teacher conferences at their houses and stuff yeah. like that you're like highly engaged in their community um i have also like get a mentor teacher my first year that has oh, like nice. five or more years of experiences and has been designated like a master teacher cool. so i could be like learning about how to be the best teacher um so yeah like this type of school system does a lot to to create new opportunities for these mm-hmm. kids like they're visiting colleges in sixth grade they are like That's writing cool. like purpose type of statements they're thinking about um things that they just don't really talk about or think about in their home. Yeah. Um, and it gives them like an intentionality to school, like more so. I think they do more student-led projects. Um, the emphasis is less on like the content and more about like the process behind it. Mm-hmm. So like about creating good habits, about creating like good study skills, um, cultivating like good self-expression, organization of mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, how to apply like proactive approaches to like getting scholarships and grants and just basically doing things to put yourself in these spaces that like are constantly like planting seeds and bringing new things into their life. Whereas if you're in a public school system in this area, um, they're like, everything's taught to like the lowest common denominator. It's like, sit down, shut up, do this, (laughs) like this grade, you're going to fail. Like instead of that type of space, it's more like about, the, the positive things it's you're reaching for. Growth mindset. Them. Yeah. So, What's uh, the, opposite the opposite of a growth mindset? mindset. There's some, I don't remember. I don't know the word. Static mindset,
1: maybe? Maybe. It's like uh, a yeah, growth mindset is you can always be better, but then the opposite is like you can't, you're not achieving. Fixed. You're, fixed. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah, I just read a lot of stuff from this woman named Carol Dweck who started the growth mindset philosophy. Oh, nice. Um, it's like rooted in psychology, but it basically says like, um, with, yes. with effort, I have the potential to expand my mental capabilities yeah. and fixed mindset says like, you, oh, you have, means, like, yeah, like you're changed. like an unchangeable piece of hardware. <laughs> like It's going to just stay the same. Yeah. And growth mindset's like, no, you can add all these software applications that upgrade your ability. And in the process, you're like creating a, like a more, um, fruitful life experience, but yeah. also like the potential to take on even more and more. Um, and cool. you can make your way to wherever you need to. Yeah. Whatever you want. I don't to. think college is necessarily the end goal. It's, it's like, you know, college is kind of like a, a standard, like thing to achieve. It's mm-hmm. like when you're in sixth grade, going to college is like pretty universally. like that person is doing yeah. something that is, successful for them or whatever sure. so like that's what the program like strives for is like to and through college yeah um but i don't think necessarily that is like required but essentially like that mindset like i can get myself to reality oh, that my family's to. never yeah. been to the people in my community have never been to mm-hmm. and i'm going to be in a supportive community with teachers like like me
1: yeah exactly uh, <laughs> yeah we can
0: bring them there so yeah that's, that's cool that's where i want to operate right now yeah
1: that's that's cool so, so do you think, think, think uh do you, do you think, think so you, you went, went straight, straight from you're just uh, talking about college. You went straight from high school to college, right? Yeah.
0: Do you think, do you think if you'd take taken a gap year between that, like, do you think that would have been helpful for you? This is just something I think about. Like, definitely. I yeah. know. I, yeah. It was kind of weird, actually. Like, some of my best friends in college uh, that I was attracted to, like, all did gap years between the, between senior year of high school and, and yeah, freshman, freshman year of college. Like, my roommate, huge influence on me, Drew Mintz. I lived with him for three years in college and. Uh-huh. We actually never even had separate rooms. We shared the same room. We had both of our beds in the same room for (laughs) years. Same same bed even. We pushed them together often. (laughs) Uh, But, like, that was super influential on me to listen to him. He had spent his gap year. um, I kind of copied him the way you copied me. Oh, really? (laughs) He spent his gap year going to Morocco and volunteering as an English teacher. Okay, nice. um, For four months. And then, um, you know, you're, like, speaking French every day, learning Arabic. Oh, Um, wow you know, living in a way different space, like Morocco and Thailand have similarities in that they're kind of stuck in this like past way of living that America yeah. is like a hundred years away from. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's
1: like the fifties over there. Yeah. It like, yeah. like that, you yeah. know, yeah.
0: Um, so like just listening to that just expanded. I'd never been out of the country. I'd never like right. thought that I shouldn't do something other than go straight to college. And right, he right, just did all this stuff. And then and then he did this like he hacked the Appalachian Trail, which was from Maine to Georgia. Oh really? So he did that for like five months. He was on a banjo along. No, he doesn't play. This he really doesn't shit.
1: play a banjo. No, it's, like it's requirement. Not right? like
0: other things. <laughs> <laughs> other <laughs> sorts
1: of entertainment <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: back to the psychedelic aspect.
1: um Pretty interesting but
0: like just hearing and like picking his brain about how he thought about these opportunities and how like they shaped him like he had so much more intentionality to the college than i think i did same yeah it i've i like had it. thoughts about dropping out all the time especially in like the middle of it i was like yeah. what is the point
1: well McAllister's is a, like, a tough school like yeah it, it was
0: demanding on a lot of yeah. levels um and like you know everyone in your classroom can just contribute to discussions so well. Oh yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had That's the same, same feeling all the time. time. I was like, oh, what's going But up. I was also
0: just like, what am I, what am I doing this for? Like, I don't yeah. really. I'm. I was just constantly itching to get that experiential wisdom. Yeah. it's school, it's just all this like intellectual, academic sort of. You're, you're thinking about thinking about something you're not actually doing it so much yeah yeah I wanted to get out in the world and do it and my mm-hmm. study abroad semester is really where things switched for me I became really into journalism oh nice and, um, writing and I'm gonna probably be a writing teacher yeah that will be
1: awesome yeah I think that so that kind of like um what's the word I'm looking for that kind of not refusing the the life of First, you go to high school, then you go to college, then you do this, you get a job, blah, 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 like looking at a, choosing your own life. That's a
0: great point. That Okay, so back to your question like four ago or whatever, yeah, like sure. about how have you adopted what, what you learned in Thailand to yeah. living in America. So I, I came in and right away I read this book called like Designing Your Life oh, okay. by two Stanford professors and it talks all about like living a choice-filled lifestyle. Yeah. Where like you're not a product of your environment you are actively creating what whatever environment best serves, like... Your, your
1: natural strength. Sure, yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, I did things like create this, like, uh, um, daily journal of, like, pluses and minuses, things that gave me energy and things that took energy oh, from Oh, nice. Me. And you kind of, like, look back at that. I did this for 21 days. And you look back and you see these patterns. Like, every time I'm spending an excessive amount of time on the computer or I'm, like, inside of for a lot of time, I have a negative. Oh, I'm, I'm wow. I'm getting sleepier. I'm becoming, like more prone to yeah, like, like cravings yeah. yeah and anytime that i'm like connecting with a human or i'm doing something that's creative based or i'm producing something yeah artistic in nature yeah, yeah, yeah. i got pluses like i don't need it's to sleep yeah i don't need to sleep as much if i'm like actually having something that's like remarkable but you don't want to sleep you because like yeah.
1: you it's like eight o'clock you're like oh hey baby i'm up for the day let's do some fun
0: stuff i don't yeah. want to do yeah. boring shit i've been applying that mentality to tons of things you can do it to food you eat how yeah. you feel after meals like and what was included in that and you just you're just constantly optimizing more of the pluses or yeah. reducing the minuses even, even down to the clothes you wear yeah or, or not wear for
1: the for those of you that can't see tanner's not wearing any clothes right now but naked. I, he's naked and i'm oh. on his lap actually so well, let me get up there we go. Okay. So, it helps you to live a more intentional life, right?
0: Definitely. Like you start to think thoughtfully about like, what is it that I want to do and how can I, like, what are the things necessary to make that happen?
1: Okay. Yeah. So we've, yeah, so we've, done. we've talked about the th- initial three T's. I wanted to discuss that uh, Topeka, Thailand and teaching. Now I want to kind of oh. move that thoughtfulness, uh, the, uh, uh not purpose-driven, but like uh, that kind of choosing your own lifestyle, right? I want to take that and then ask you what sorts of um, media are you into at the moment? What are you choosing to spend your time with, whether it's books, movies, podcasts, blogs, um, app, Craigslist ads, you know, for whatever you might want? <laughs>
0: yeah, Um I mean, one podcast that has just been with me ever since I found it at the very end of Thailand, and I still listen to it weekly and read lots of his stuff, is Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. He's the four-hour workweek guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has, like, the most popular podcast, I think, on iTunes. It won, like, best of iTunes, like, the last few years or something. It's insane. Um, But, yeah, he has the Tim Ferriss show, and he basically breaks down, like, the habits, tactics, and routines of, like, really successful people. Yeah. What's his, like, well, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, keep going. (laughs) So he's famous for first writing this book called The Four Hour Work Week, where he basically details about how you don't have to work like a, in a fixed physical location or for like a corporation or even have a boss. Like mm-hmm. you can do things um, to just work four hours a week to be able to live however you want um, and opti- just optimize. optimize your lifestyle to like so what sorts of things like the. So, his, what he did was basically, like, he created an online, like, nutrition company where he started selling, like, um, pills that he made with, like, PhD chemistry people to optimize, like, brain performance on, like, a short-term basis for test studying. Okay. Like he also created, like, a language learning software. He's also super brilliant. Yeah, with, uh, well,
1: that's kind of like, how are you supposed to?
0: I can't do that. He, and then, like after that, he he did he did things like he graduated from Princeton, kind of like me. Just had no idea what he wanted to do yeah. after he finished that. He was like, I want to go to business school, but that's like two hundred thousand dollars. So he's like, yeah. I he had made over two hundred thousand dollars from his online business at this point while he's an
1: undergraduate. I think so. Yeah, that's absurd. He's, but I mean, I guess you could break down tactics. This was also in 2007,
0: and so like he was just killing it at like Google <sighs> marketing while nobody else knew what, what that uh, was. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a brand new space. He is, I think he applies a lot of open-mindedness towards his life and tries out new trends and mm-hmm. see how they fit to him. And um, So yeah, he's like super meticulous about optimizing like the words he chooses to advertise with and things like that. Um, but like he took a $200,000 fund and was like instead of getting instead of paying for an MBA school which is like a $200,000 sunk cost mm-hmm. i'm going to apply $200,000 to investing in myself to to make it in silicon valley wow and so he um, slowly did that and by the end he was an early investor in like twitter uber facebook oh wow um, and several other like ones and just became mega millionaire off of that that's um, wild yeah, so like his mindset is just anything is possible if you apply like some level of open mindedness to it, and then if you break down those specific tactics and routines, yeah. um, that successful people that are ahead of you, um, so that you can reach up and get to the next realm of the ladder. Yeah,
1: that's interesting you say he slowly built up because so many Fun, people that's... think. I mean, I mean, so many people think that success is like something happens overnight. When really, it's like a very after a lot of hard work of long days of like doing routine yeah, i think things. anything you
0: want to get good at um requires it to become a part of a daily routine yeah. or a habit um so if you want to write you should write every day yeah if you want to like um get good at meditation you should meditate every day if yeah. you want to like train for a race you should run every day yeah, you don't just show up the day of the marathon yeah, like so I, I have all these things i do like every day at nighttime i write down three things i'm grateful for um, and what I've learned from the do day they always have to be different or can you do the same things? I usually base them in the content of the day. So they're just inevitably different. It's yeah, like probably today. Number one on my list will be I'm ungr- grateful oh. that Austin <laughs> is interviewing me for my podcast. <laughs> nice.
1: I'm making the list. Probably.
0: Awesome. I mean, my podcast always makes it high on the
1: list. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love, I love the process. The, um, the artistic, creative, doing—it's kind of thing. everything I like in a single project, which is a huge reason I started it. Yeah. Um. I also I uh, I've become a yoga teacher. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, yeah, I know you're yoga but, certified, right? Yeah, I got certified in India and I've become a yoga teacher. And nice. Like, I think that <laughs> one thing I've come to learn is if you want to like. Um, put yourself under some sort of pressure to perform highly Uh you you tell other people about it you bring people in on your goals and i mean that's absolutely true i'm in a position where i have to have to speak eloquently and from the heart and through wisdom and like a yoga teaching role to these like beginning like 56 people that have no idea
1: what yoga is because they're that way you're held accountable for your
0: exactly like
1: one thing i think Sorry to co-opt this, but maybe you could agree with me. Going to Thailand, you have to be – being in Thailand, I realized how important it is. You have to be, like, honest and, like um, – it's a lot easier to just get by in America by bullshitting. And in Definitely. Thailand, like, you can't – you ha- you can't bullshit because we – like, it's – you don't speak the language with anybody. I mean, you can maybe get away with it sometimes, but you have to be way more authentic and, like – it, it, you don't have the same – here we can fall back on certain cultural things to get out of situations we are uncomfortable in, mm-hmm. but there you have to realize what you're doing. There's more I'm, – I'm rambling at this point. Do you see yourself um, living more authentically or engaging with more authentic media here, living your life in a more –
0: yeah open yeah. way like that so i guess i should just kind of list some of the media at this point yeah let's see i was in new york recently and i read this amazing short book new called uh, letters to a young poet and it's oh, uh, rilke yeah you yeah, know, that? Yeah, I know that i read it yeah that book was like it's he's become good. very close
1: to me isn't he good? it's like he's so wise he's like this german poet yeah maria
0: rainier rilke rainier maria
1: rilke, rainier maria rilke. letters to a young maria. poet
0: it's a super small book, but, like, I read it very slowly because it's just packed with this dense wisdom. Nuggets. Like, yeah, I don't know if he was – was he writing to his nephew or maybe he was just writing
1: to some poet out there. You know what I mean? That's, like, exactly. a rhetorical like, device to get, dispense artistic – No,
0: it was an actual poet that was sending him um, his poetry and, his okay. and this, like, real K guy um I think he was still young, like early 30s or something was giving this probably late teenager guy advice on how to conceptualize his poetry and what it means to be an artist in the world, uh-huh. how to like stay true to like your deepest impulses and how to practice patience and like... That's interesting. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. was uh, super good, I thought.
1: I haven't read it for a while, but what is your biggest takeaway from it? Like if you could boil it down to one thing that you do every day from that.
0: Ah, that... Um, <laughs> He has this part about like it's about finding what you're deeply compelled to do, and then letting that live and breathe and take form, regardless of like what you can see as like the end goal or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so he talks about like if you um, if you don't need to write, then you, and that's okay, you don't write. But if you if you can't live without writing, yeah, um, then you must write. Like you must write every day. You yeah. must li- you write with like your most soulful passion yeah um and so it's like finding like what you must do to to be happy and then just maximizing that and, yeah that um, makes sense That's i mean the- not being beholden to like other standards of what like the good life is because um having a really good internal life um he's all about like being content with your solitude oh yeah it's like a huge aspect That was him? the
1: first thing you brought up earlier when you said
0: when so you- like this type of media is super good when you're, like, very alone. Like, in, I was in New York City. All my friends that I was visiting were working, and yeah. I was just exploring. City of 8 million. You know I what I mean? No schedule. <laughs> I was just exploring. I'd never been before. Yeah. Like, it was insane. <laughs> I'm just reading this thing on every subway. and <laughs> what i gotta embrace like my inner solitude and yeah. if i have an inner landscape of beauty then the outside becomes beauty and there's no <laughs> such thing as poverty in my life and yeah even if i'm living in shambles if i am rich in the mind then like <laughs> things are amazing that's and, awesome it's yeah like, Real K really preaches that stuff which is like it really connected right to your like really connected to, right me. to i was laying on like uh columbia university's campus just in the you laying place. I was in the middle of their field in this. Oh, of in campus. a field, okay. It was yeah. like early evening, perfect weather. Was I like was
1: picturing the middle of a street or something. <laughs> was like you're begging for coins or something.
0: No, I was going to visit my uh, friend who uh, went to Columbia J School. Nice. From Morocco. I was friends with her, and I was just at their campus, just laying there in the grass and, and like had just read this book, and I just was like. I need to call my friend, Tommy, who's like studying PhD, like religious studies stuff at Rice. Wow. And I just had this super deep talk about like how to access like my purpose and like what that could look like and why I feel such a deep compulsion to like have an impact on other people's lives. Right. Like it's, it's more like you're constantly asking why this, and then you answer that. It's like, well, why that? You're going back to like the most like core aspect of of things yeah yeah and so like i said before like my purpose is to like bring out the best potential and other people whatever mm-hmm. why do i feel that yeah and then like and what question is like proper to be asking myself is like how i should do that mm-hmm. what i should do to do that or is it is there something that i'm missing that is making me need to do that or whatever in real k i think kind of um, makes you like just trust that if this is some a deep compulsion that you have, you must run with that yeah. and see where that goes because, um, what else are you going to do? You
1: can't it run it. from it. You're not living right. right.
0: You can create this like, you know, secure based lifestyle where you like have a 401k <laughs> and a salary and like you get yourself a house and you live like immediately like moderately yeah. happy. Yeah. That's like what so much of society chooses yeah. to do. And real K is just like, no, embrace it. You're, yeah. you're an artist at your core. And, yeah, um, but look, what if what if someone's like,
1: like purpose, their, their ultimate desire is to do that?
0: Yeah, to, yeah. You know, some people. I'm sure. I think that's super cool. Also, right. Like, I think if I people must do that. Sure,
1: some people have anxieties or whatever that I think having a nice, steady job with a retirement plan makes them happier because they're anxious for the future. They want to prepare, you know? Mm -hmm. But you're You're saying saying for the people that don't feel the same way, they shouldn't have to do that.
0: I mean, I think more and more, like, there are these influences in society that are pushing people who go to college or graduate from college to be more entrepreneurial in their mindset. I mean,
1: like, the economy, the fact that millennials are in the economic situations that we are has kind of forced us to do that stuff yeah
0: it's kind of an antiquated mindset on how work could be people like Tim Ferriss write about how you don't have to do this you can live a choice-based lifestyle to be free of that system of thought well it's also interesting that it's not like so that
1: kind of lifestyle has only popped up in the last what 60 years I mean think of before I don't know the 18th work has changed so much over the the, trades (laughs) what do you mean
0: just like i don't know how to make things oh yeah like i don't know how to take things <laughs> apart i'm not mechanically minded. Oh, i can't do that either i can cook kind of but like not like but like 90 something percent of work 200 years ago was <laughs> making tables that... <laughs> making chairs like there weren't like telemarketers and like you know yeah it's different. different yeah, different stuff i, I mean... like live in the internet a lot
1: yeah that's true Maybe people back then though like when they first invented like when monks like first invented books or whatever people were like oh everyone's living in books now no one is living in the fields you <laughs> yeah. know i don't know it's probably the same like gesture
0: that makes sense i never thought of it like that yeah like, we just adapt to whatever <laughs> generally like you can't fight these things they're inevitable forces in society and yeah like, like i said before you find how you want to integrate with that new thing
1: Who else have you read or listened to that have kind of affected your mindset?
0: Oh, I read this book right before going to Thailand called *The Yes Man*. It's it's kind mm. of a famous movie that Jim Carrey is an actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. the movie is like yeah. goodish, but the book I thought was incredible. Like he basically spends a year saying yes to every opportunity that comes his way. And what happens? Um, I mean, he gives tons of his money away. He gets like major job things that are way different than he's ever experienced weird uh falls in love he like yeah like he just has this crazy chaotic filled lifestyle for a while but i think in the end he like really refines like what what he wants out of life he he came from like really a place of being really stagnant Mm -hmm. um i'm terrified of being stagnant like Mm -hmm. that's something that pops up a lot for me is like should I just stop? Should I be content right here? I mean, I look at my dad. He's had the same employer since he was 17. Whoa. He's lived in Topeka every year of his life. Whoa. Uh, just like very opposite of me.
1: So you're saying your lifestyle is a direct running from your father? And I've been living with him a
0: lot this year. And <laughs> I'm like in all these projects, like I'm writing a blog, I'm doing a podcast. I'm like planning a trip to New York. I'm like, right. Like taking the LSAT. I'm like, substitute teaching. I'm applying for new teaching positions. Mm -hmm. I'm like Skyping my friends from Thailand and like reading books about designing your life. And my dad just like, every day I wake up. Every day I go and design the roads. Every day I come back and go to the gym. Then I eat dinner Then I go to bed. And it's like super opposite of me. Well, but uh, a lot to be learned from that. Yeah, don't you think there's value in having that discipline? I mean, that's
1: monk-like. You wake up, you do the same things yes, every day. Yes. And you, I really mean, respect the discipline
0: about blood. my dad. My dad's got a ton of discipline. I think one of my weaknesses is that i become so interested in so many things that I don't become great at any one of them. Yeah, I mean, it sounds awesome. like
1: I, if you're using all – maybe you're using all these things as distractions from mm, – I
0: don't know. Uh, obviously and that's where I think becoming quiet and reflective and right. meditating. and These things like constantly orient you towards what's right. There we like, go. I'm in a phase where I, I, I've i had to try out a lot of things recently because I'm a person that's – You've had to try a
1: lot of things? Yeah. Like you, said
0: you had a child
1: recently and I was like, ooh, Tanner, dish.
0: <laughs> I'm, I, one thing I'm preparing myself for is to have a child. I really hope to have one. One day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that would be like an incredible role to be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, being a daddy. Part of that is like building my mind, building my heart capacity, building my like um yeah, it's something that's like an internal nature of me. Like I want to be living from that because that these are all the things that are gonna be replicated mm-hmm. in some fashion or another in my my kid. Yeah, and Tanner Jr. Yeah. It'd actually be John Badgley at the six. John Badgley
1: Wait, what? You don't know this? I uh, I didn't know you were a fifth. I'm John Badgley the fifth. I didn't know you were the fifth. I thought you just had the same name as your father,
0: who had the same name as my grandfather. Who had the same Is it all father. John um, Tanner? No,
1: the middle names are always different. But yeah. it's John Badgley the. So what's so your dad's What does he go by? Not John. Greg. Greg. Who's your grandpa? He's John
0: Gregory Badgley. He goes by Greg. <laughs> I'm John Tanner Badgley. I go by Tanner. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh yeah, my grandpa and you guys went by Jack.
1: Jack, classic for. Uh, so then, your son, John uh,
0: Bartholomew,
1: actually—is
0: that what he should be named? Yeah, yeah, I
1: think so. Bartholomew—that's yeah. just kind of a vibe. My I'm friends
0: and college like to joke that I'm never going to have a son. I'm just going to like have to choose one daughter, and I'll name her Joan uh-huh. and spell it J-O-H.
1: <laughs> Joan, yeah, Joan. Joan yeah. Bartholomew, actually. McAllister, folks. Uh huh. So, um,
0: you We were talking about? about like Yes Man recently. Oh back yeah, yes, yes Man. Yeah, back to Yes Man. <laughs> What are some other things? Oh,
1: wait, no. He said yes to everything, so he was getting all these weird experiences, so he was living experientially, right? Definitely. Yeah, so that makes sense.
0: So that's been a huge thing, and I think I'm starting to turn the corner a little bit on that. Um, I'm trying to simplify and minimize those things so I can become greater at certain ones, especially next year is going to be a super heavy load on teaching. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be – another aspect of that program is I'm getting a master's. Oh, nice. I'm part of a grad school. Congrats! What school? uh, The University of the Pacific would be that one. Cool. So, so it's kind of a, it's called a residency. So it's based on like the medical residency model where you're working in a place yeah. and you're getting your education so that you can apply it directly to
1: work. That'll be good. I think the readings you'll do for that will be and like the work you'll be doing for that is going to be awesome with your teaching in terms of expanding your.
0: And it really fits with the so. way that I like to internalize things. It's not just like learning it and taking your tests and writing about it. It's actually like learning it and the very next day, applying it yeah. as, as a teacher. And yeah, that makes sense. So I'm, yeah, I'm super pumped. You can see the limits
1: of that kind of. Of a uh, theory pra- like you can put into practice, you know what I mean,
0: yeah, so that's gonna be like fifty sixty hour weeks for me doing that, so I've got to inevitably minimize all the things yeah, that that's true. Super you involved won't have a in. choice <laughs> um, and I'm excited for that. I think i'm I'm entering a new life stage here pretty soon, and yeah, it's
1: cool. gonna be cool. well that'll be good when you're so busy, you have to choose what you're putting in your life and living deliberately, and some things might fall to the wayside, maybe it's a side you never needed them in the first place, right. You
0: know, but one other media I would add is like I read a lot of bio- biographies of mm-hmm. things,
1: so a lot of Wikipedia. I do that, yeah. I love reading bios on Wikipedia,
0: yeah. I like going to new cities and, and looking up the Wikipedia about that city. I love, I love doing it. that too, yeah. And you're like, because you just get a quick rundown, like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. That's a weird, <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> you are the same as me. Yeah, I've been copying you for years, buddy. Ah, oh, well hopefully i'm a good original to be copying
1: (laughs) you you've led me astray every step of the way so i can't say enough
0: about that i have reached the astray limits of myself before you're the you are the outer limits of (laughs) t-badge yeah it's crazy i find myself in like i mean yeah nepal and india both had crazy like solitary type of experiences Mm -hmm. where you're forced to reckon with your inner demons Sure, or just like my outward situation was like terrible and I had to fix it. What, (laughs) like my outward situation? Cold or hungry? I arrived to India, um, the day of the election, the American presidential election. So, basically, one year ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm immediately trying to find out who won because, like, their morning time is the evening time Mm -hmm. for the U.S. So, I arrived and I was like, first thing is, like, I need to find a sim card. I'm trying to get my phone with some internet so I can see, I was just prepared to spend the whole. Like eight hour travel to my yoga village, just reading and listening and yeah, learning about the election. In Delhi,
1: right
0: now. Yeah, yeah. so it's like one major world city. Mm-hmm. And I find out that the prime minister canceled all their money that that That's uh, that the morning.
1: day you you went. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, they got rid of the thousand dollar rupee or the thousand rupee note and the another one. Five thousand rupee I I don't know yeah, what it was, it was
0: everything ATMs dispense and everything banks give out and everything yeah, they, money exchanges give out, so I had no way to get money. Oh my that's absurd. I didn't know you
1: were there that day. Yeah. It was to it, cut um I was talking yeah. to an Indian guy about it. It was to cut uh black uh, market
0: stuff. Like yeah. illicit money. That's wild. So that was super big challenge. I couldn't make it out of the airport, like I needed a dollar to get on like the, the metro or whatever. metro, and I was like I don't have a dollar worth of money, even like I have U.S. dollars. I'm no one will take that. No one takes credit cards, so i was just like, what do I do? And I just like yelled out like, I cannot leave the airport. What am I supposed to do? And some like, nice Indian man he comes up. He's like, here is your like sixty rupees to get on this train. And then I start talking to this guy. This was like an exercise in like all of my life philosophy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like be really humbled by this position where you have no idea how Can't to operate. do anything. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, I ride, I can't figure out the election results, but like, that's whatever I'm going to figure that mm-hmm. out eventually. I need money because I can't leave. I get on this train thing with this guy. He tells me that every ATM in the country is closed. Every bank is closed. Every money exchange is closed. And I saw that stuff at the airport. So I'm yeah. like, really don't know what my options are. Like at this point I'm thinking it's likely that I'm going to have to try to find like a four or five star hotel, pay like 100 150 bucks a night and just wait out this period and miss my first few days of yoga school. Uh-huh. I was like, that is, like, maybe the maybe the worst that it can get. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm not going to let myself die out on the street right. for, like, not having food. Like, I'm yeah. going to go to a, a posh place that takes credit cards. But in India, just like Thailand, like, almost... No place, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I get to this train station. I'm like, maybe the train station like, can take my credit card. No, they don't. And don't they don't know. take any money or whatever. And, so I, and they direct me to all these different lines. They're like, we can't hit, but over there, you check over there. Yeah. And I do go like three places waiting in these like, massive lines. Yeah. Oh, the I, lines yeah, are insane. got a major taste of India right away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I post up outside after about four hours of trying stuff. It was like, I'm lost. I really have no idea what to do. I can't even afford a taxi anywhere. I can't afford water. You
1: can't get a tuk tuk anywhere.
0: No, no, I can't water. pay anyone
1: with cash. Jeez.
0: I'm just like, man, this is a really bad situation. So what did you do? My heart's starting to go pretty hard, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, oh God, please! I like, close my eyes and like put my hands together and yeah. did this like very intentional prayer that like I. It's been a long time since I had done something yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah wow. you a desperate situation. I have no idea what to do. I am going to lean on, like, whatever signs you have <laughs> <get out laughs> to direct myself. <laughs> Please help me <laughs> to uh, be able to figure out this situation. Oh, and, uh, yeah, this guy comes up to me, and he's like, I have a taxi for you. And I was like, I can't pay you, dude. It's like the this guy or whatever. Yeah. Done this to me. And then he went on a step further. he's like, It doesn't matter. I have a taxi for you. And I was like, "Um, okay. But again, like the money's canceled. I'm a foreigner. I can't pay you. Like I'm highly vulnerable. You can take me for everything I'm worth. Yes, yes. (laughs) Basically, I'm just shouting that right away. Right, right, right. And so I'm just in this super defensive position. And this guy's like – It makes you very
1: defensive because so many people are trying to get you to – Oh, you hear all these scams. Yeah, scams, the touts or whatever. Yeah, so (laughs) –
0: I'm the most vulnerable person just scams right like exactly,
1: now. Exactly. Except they couldn't really get your money out. Because all oh, the yeah. ATMs were... Anyway.
0: Um. Yeah. So... <laughs> I I just started asking this guy, like, what's in it for you if I can't have money or whatever? He's like, I can take you to my friend who will get you money. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, my friend can can take your credit card and get you money. And I was like, sounds sketchy to me. No way, dude. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then he's like, seriously, man, you can believe me. And like, he starts showing me like pictures of his family and stuff on his phone. That's a classic <laughs> move. I know. And so I walk away from this guy several times. And then he like looks me deep in the eyes. He's like, nobody is solving your problem for you. I am the solution to your problem. Like, please just come with me. Like, I don't care if you pay me for this like 10 minute ride to my friend, but I can get you to your your location. Like the trains are, you cannot do a train today. You cannot do an airplane there. You're going to be spending a bunch of money at a fancy hotel or sleeping outside tonight. Like at least try out my option. And I like looked him deep in the eye for like 10 to 15 seconds without talking. I was like, all right, I think you're a good guy. You better. I hope you're a good guy. I know know this exact feeling. I made this like judgment like from the same. It was from the same place I was praying from. (laughs) It's like a very like true like heart sort of space. And I was like, I feel I feel love in this guy. I feel light in his eyes. Like, I'm going to trust this man. And he brings me to this basement of this new Delhi market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swipe my credit card and just pray. Like they don't just take everything. Yeah, like 6,000 instead of 6,000. I like watch him all meticulously and he does it all right. And he takes his like 7% fee or whatever thing that sucks, but whatever. And I got paid in the rupees that all the local people are operating in because they can't just take everyone's money. There's a 30-day window right, right. and we to exchange that yes. advance. And so my guy agreed, like, if I give him the old money, he will have 30 days to exchange it, and he'll get me to my location, and I'll figure okay. out my money situation when I'm there. Yeah. But once I'm there, I'm part of a yoga school, which I've already signed up for, and paid, paid for it, and you have, see your- have meals, and yeah, some yeah. things. You just got to get there. And so we had a 10-hour taxi ride together.
1: Well, he took you? Yeah. And you paid him? Yeah. That's not too bad. How much How much was it for? $80.
0: That's
1: not too bad? Yeah. What is that? 4,000 rupees? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: something, something like that? that? I don't so know. it, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, the train ticket was going to be 10. I paid yeah. 80 instead, or like whatever. But it was like a mate. And for 10 hours, I was just drilling it with questions about Indian society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became like super educated. Oh, like, where's he yeah. from? Was
1: he from Delhi? He was from uh, U- oh. U- Uda. Uh, I know you're talking about Uda. It's Uday- really Pair. close. It's east of Delhi. Uta, Uta Pradesh.
0: Yeah, I think sort of that. Like, I don't know, like, start yeah. with a U and then a dash at the end. Nice. Um, So I mean, that was like major experience. And also, I found out that Donald Trump was the president. Oh, and the, the moment Jeez. that I'm sitting there waiting for my money, they're doing all these calculations about how to do it. You see a it's, like, TV. Four guys chatting together, and the guy hands me his iPhone, just like slides it in front of me to the <laughs> screen of Google. No. <laughs> and he's like, "See who your new, who your new president is," and I'm just like, "Look at this!" I was like. Oh, I am so shocked! Yeah, like what happened? Everything was just turned upside down for me. I was like, I have no money. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> Donald Trump's the president. And Donald Trump's the president. That's insane. <laughs> so it was like no chance of him winning. How did he win? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I, I confirmed it several times. Like all these major news outlets are reporting this. So I'm like, wow. And they're like, how do you feel? And I was like, <laughs> not good. Terrible. <laughs> I really don't want him to be our president, but also like I have no idea. Like, yeah, everything that I had anticipated happening in my future, me coming to my yoga school, Hillary being the president, Hell just yeah. gone.
1: Yeah, you, everything you planned for is going to go awry. You just got to like, deal with it, right? But you survived. I'm sure that experience threat. will, like,
0: really stick with me for the rest of my life. Like, whatever difficulty or struggle I'm going through, oh, yeah, like, the fear I have, like. At least it's not as bad as that. I was in a really – a situation that was really tight and, yeah, figured it out. So that was pretty cool. Wow, that
1: sounds like a super formative experience from the whole. I mean-
0: oh, and then I had to wait in line like three days later. Once ATM's open, it was just like the whole city's in line. Oh, so I yeah. was like three and a half hours in line just chilling with the cows. Yeah, the cows ATMs are running out of money in the middle of the wait. It's oh, uh, like a $20 maximum withdrawal. So I was just like. <laughs> I, like, lived extremely frugally, which is another, like, habit I think I have. Like, not, like, being really wise about everything you spend So I think we can see every
1: value or habit, custom that you've developed over the last year demonstrated in that one story, right? Being mindful, not giving up control. Um, I don't know, just being open-minded to what the future can bring, right? dealing with setbacks like Donald Trump, (laughs) like, you know? (laughs) Um, It was pretty
0: fascinating, for sure. It was, uh... No way to not be present-minded there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's opposite of being passive about your reality.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we've been talking maybe for quite a while now. Um, I just have one final question in terms of to kind of wrap everything up. What are some of your goals and dreams or some of your concrete steps you want to take to achieve those? Other than going to teach and uh, travel more, I assume, but going out to teach in California to a bunch of – underprivileged kids you know what what else are some of your goals and dreams i know we're talking most of this has been present-minded but it's not it it can be good to look to the future sometimes
0: right right um i would like to to um be able to access some sort of like reality after this life Mm -hmm. so i believe in heaven and i hope Mm -hmm. that i can achieve that and part of that would be through, like, different actions I take, I guess. Okay, so getting to heaven is
1: number one. Yeah,
0: sure, that's a big one. Okay. Um, but as far as, like, my personal things here, like, I would really like to be able to, to found some sort of charity or nonprofit type of thing that right. would really give to these causes that, like... I feel very compelled to give to based mm-hmm. on like my knowledge about how the world works. Okay. And I don't know what that looks like obviously right now I'm not in a position financially to do so, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think it would be really cool in a more like 40, 50, 60-year-old place in my life to be able to have like some sort of project that like I'm pouring a lot of energy and money mm-hmm. into that's helping thousands or millions of people. Lots of people, yeah. Um, in, in a cause that I'm really passionate about and in the meantime I want to find out what those things are and I think being a teaching role in like this sort of lower income mm-hmm. sort of capacity exposes you to lots of different trajectories you can go from there um so that's like one big one I would like to write a book one day or some sort of thing that mm-hmm. was like very consumed um, by a certain audience okay that like would change their like it would change their life uh-huh. the so like I would, I would love to think that like something I did change somebody's life for the better. Um, I really want to be a dad. Like I said before, oh, Yeah. Um, I, I want to be like the best dad I can be. Yeah. So I want to um, educate my kid in, in, you know, traditional ways as well as like things that are really personalized to them. And I want them to like do something really, really cool with their life. Maybe nice. I didn't get to do. Yeah. Um, I would really like to be some sort of community leader, like, I think it would be kind of cool to be somewhat like the face of a community or like a, yeah. a key decision maker or maybe intermediary person that like everybody sure. kind of knew had like the best judgment of, of what is like just and right yeah, and community like elder, sustainably minded, and you know, all these sort of things. like kind of like Gandhi, but on a lower level. Okay, so yeah, a
1: little lower than Gandhi, you know? <laughs> no. yeah. so, savior He's a savior of the people
0: I really look up to. Yeah.
1: Uh, so is that a so you're looking for political goals in the future? I think
0: I probably have something political about me. Like if I'm gonna be honest about that whole real K thing about like finding what you're deeply compelled yeah, to do, like some kind of political. I think I want to be in a political role, at least in I a small know You know, who knows how big it'll you know? Yeah, I'm scared, obviously, because politics is like this you know notoriously corrupt sort of. Oh, right yeah. now, it's like very broken in yeah. many ways. Uh, it's very like. Uh, what's the word? Like, there's a bifurcation or like a binary, like, you're either in this or this yeah, group. And camp, like, different I choice. think eventually we're going to be able to evolve from that, that uh, I think we ha- I think
1: we have yeah. to. Like, we don't have a choice. I, mean, right? I
0: was super inspired by Bernie Sanders' campaign. Right, and the same. amount of support he got and who that support came from is, is that next generation. Exactly. Exactly. I'm in a position to be able to be in a political leadership role. Say I'm 30, 40, 50 years old. Exactly. Like, I. I I think I'm going to be speaking from like a, a spiritually grounded place and like an like a earthly minded place of wisdom where I've like actually authentically lived out the things I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I've um consumed a variety or a breadth of like knowledge and education. Sure. I pursue things deeply. I'm a living example with like being a father and it like at that point I really yeah. want to Yeah, I want to do something that I like has a a profound impact at like a very core level of a of a subsect of society sure and
1: you won't be beholden to wall street fat cats and big pharma
0: you know those sorts of yeah i think that those things will also wane as well yeah i hope so i think like i'm optimistic about the future of, oh yeah me too I, I mean i think there's certain things that are, that are problematic about millennial culture but in general like I think it's a much more mindful culture. It's a much more integrative, inclusive culture. It's Mm -hmm. like forward looking, it's sustainably minded, it's like less self centered, it's about um, like championing diversity. Right. Um, It's about like looking beyond superficial characteristics of us mm-hmm. um, so yeah i mean i'm optimistic about that sort of stuff yeah and i
1: think all your goals and dreams are right in line with that philosophy you know helping yeah. others bringing people
0: together i'm inspired by the amount of people that listen to podcasts our age oh yeah it gets crazy Everyone like, loves- podcasts just don't exist for like my parents age no. but for us like you're actually hearing these substantive interviews that like have like meaningful content to them yeah and most people i know
1: watch more podcasts than any other media maybe tv like netflix but other than that like it just goes so
0: much further than like headline news does where they're just talking about the same like buzzworthy sort of yeah, comments and it gets like, clicks and it has like a judgmental range. tone to it all the time yeah like, there's just no depth and it's not really focused on it's noise it's not like yeah. it's distraction. it's It's like this thing that keeps tying us back into like this fear-based like mindset that we need to adopt to like some sort of societal standard that protects us from being our true selves or whatever. I don't want to hear. I don't want to adhere to that. And yeah, I think that other people are on board with that. So right now, I'm probably a fairly like liberal type of person. Oh yeah, but I think liberal will be for America. We're super right as a country. Mm I think America will start to become more, yeah, more towards the center. And at that point, I'm gonna be firmly grounded in realism and idealism, and I'm gonna be the perfect candidate for they, a society, like a community. There, you heard it here for first, folks. Tanner Vagley, twenty
1: twenty, <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> That's probably too We're soon. Right? Maybe uh, 2030. 20, 2032? 20, 30, 30. Yeah, okay. So that gives you how, – how long
0: is that? That's 15 years. 15
1: years. years. All right, 15 years. You have 15 years to lay some groundwork for your campaign. Hell yeah, I can do that. All right, and it starts here. Well, I think that's about it today. Is there any last parting thoughts you wanted to leave with the audience before we wrap this episode up?
0: I think that after you listen to any of the episodes that I produce or this one, you should really be thoughtful about what it is that you can can go and do right away. So I would say um, I'm always super actionable after I consume high quality content. Oh, yeah. Um, So I would say, like, get a note out. I use the notes app on my iPhone and my MacBook or like just write a note. But like write down some initial thoughts you have and then some actionable steps that you can take. Like, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to do this new habit. And try to think of a habit that can be taken out and substituted for a positive habit. It's something oh, that I've working nice. on recently. That's good. Yeah. So be, you just kind of become aware of like how much time and energy gets filled by, by low quality or junk sort of stuff mm-hmm. and t- take that out and create a new, new space for something beautiful and great to like um, fill that hole. And then, you know, your reality will be much more improved. Yeah,
1: excellent. So you heard it here first, folks. Cut out your family members that are eating up your time and listen to this podcast instead. Do something mindful with your lives.
0: Touche.
1: All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Tanner, thanks for talking with me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Austin. Yeah, no problem, buddy. I'm talking to you. Yes, dude. All right, right, we'll take, take it easy.
0: So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might have enjoyed this episode or the podcast, bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join your longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and right your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming.